They're fun, they're quirky, and they love to laugh. They're Chicks at the Roundtable, bringing you your weekly dose of caffeine-induced laughter and life-changing discussion. Now get ready for your hosts, Trish and Patricia. Welcome back. I am Patricia, and this is Trish. And we are excited to have Haley Hendricks with us today in the studio. And we will be discussing a, I'd say it must be a dark word, the word of anxiety. We're going to be discussing anxiety today. So get your cup of coffee, pull up a chair, get your Xanax, Prozac, whatever you need on this topic today, and join us at the round table. So... Haley, she is also the daughter of my co-host Trish, and I have known Haley since she was like eight or nine. She is a fantastic young woman. She's a phenomenal singer, but she's wanting to talk today about anxiety. And so if you look up the word anxiety in the dictionary, some of the definitions you get for that word is worry, nervousness, unease, and uncertainty. So, Haley, I'm going to turn the mic over to you, and why don't you go ahead and hit some of those words and tell us, what is anxiety to you? Well, unpopular opinion, it's the lack of trust in God to me. So how's that affected your life? Not in a great way. Definitely anxiety is not a positive thing. It always has a negative connotation, but it's a lot more normalized now, so I guess it's losing some of its... Darkness. Yeah, because it's just, oh, everybody has anxiety, so mm-hmm. it's something that is just normal to have. I think um, before you know it, they're going to sell Prozac and then it over the counter. Over the counter. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That would because be a surprise. Like, yeah, because it is so common. Yeah. So why do you think it's much more common nowadays as opposed back into your mom and my day? Well, because, I mean, everybody thinks that they're entitled to their victimhood and when you're entitled to being a victim you 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 don't want you don't want it to be something that you can control you don't want to take responsibility right right. Right. so for people to have anxiety they think it's something that they can't control therefore it's something that you know they're being victimized by right it's not something that they can stop or get rid of or have any power over so it's like everybody wants to be a victim, so anxiety is just something to be, it's just a tool to be a victim, in my opinion. You know, that is such a sad, sad statement that you just made, Haley. Everybody wants to be a victim. Wow. It makes life a little bit easier. Why does, it, why does being a victim, because that's so um, what you would not expect to hear that life makes is easier when you are a victim because usually a victim you're beat down you're judged life is rough when you're a victim you know nobody wants to be a victim not in today's society yes i'm saying why is it that this generation that you feel enjoys is but life is easier as a victim well because there's not accountability there there's no responsibility to be had you when you're a victim you can make all these poor choices, but then say, oh, well, I'm a victim, so it's not me. It's, it's People it's, coddle you. Yeah. They, right. It's an excuse. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. cater to your feelings. They cater to your victimhood, right, right, all right. that stuff. I mean, you look at how politically correct society is, and I think that plays into it, too. So I think that that has a big part to do in it because you don't want to say, oh, well, just, you know, get over it. Well, because then you're, you know, you're not being sensitive, you're, you're being uncaring or whatever. You're being intolerant. That's mm-hmm. the big thing. Mm-hmm. You're intolerant. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think about back in our day, there was no such thing as anxiety disorders. I mean, not really. If, yeah. if you did have it, it was to such an extreme that you really couldn't function. Right. And I don't think that they were given definitions like anxiety disorder right 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 it was something more like schizophrenia or mm-hmm. things like that yeah, yeah. so yeah i mean we got nervous we had anxiousness or fearfulness or whatever and it wasn't an anxiety disorder mm-hmm. or whatever yeah. it's like what they did in the early 2000s with um misbehaving kids Oh, you know, they take their misbehaving kid into the doctor, and the doctor is like, "Oh, they have ADHD." Right, right. Let's right. go into some medicine for that. Right, but right, it's right. like, 
oh my Instead god, of parents I'm nervous about or, something. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, you must have anxiety. So mm-hmm. let's go get you some anxiety medication. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. So in going back to like your journey through this um, word of anxiety and everything that goes with it, what are some of the things looking back over the years that has triggered anxiety for you? Definitely lack of power in a situation, lack of control, or just the unknown, really. Like, a lot of the time when we would go on long trips, like long car rides, I would get really anxious because I don't have control of the people driving around us, and we could, you know, get hit or get into a crash, and that's something that was that would always give me anxiety because it's not something that I can control i know for for some people i mean like for me in talking about this and trying to relate to you and even your sister it's very hard for me to relate because in my day if you were nervous about something or you were anxious or fearful or any of those things worried you just got over it you sucked it up and got over right, it right right you know right, right. and it wasn't even a thing of trusting in God because we didn't really live for God. It was just, if you behave this way, then you're weak or you're less than or whatever. So you didn't want to be labeled as somebody who was nervous. Yeah, you're just a baby, you're you're blubbering, Mm -hmm. crybaby, whatever. So it's very hard for me to relate, but I know that it is a very real thing, and it is a very uh, debilitating thing at times. So how has it affected you? Or when, when you have those moments of anxiety, how does it affect you physically? Well, for me, like, I'll get pain in my left arm, or I'll have trouble breathing. I won't be able to focus on anything. My mind will be all over the place just filled with these like irrational thoughts and there's always a part of my body that's moving when I'm anxious it's just really um it's an uncomfortable situation like your feet right now yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> I love this girl you know I want to go back to what you talked about with the whole driving do you still feel that way when you're riding with somebody else and you're not the driver not so much. Not so much? Not so okay. much, yeah. Okay, good, because I, I, I was glad that you're over that, because now that you have your own driver's license, your own car, I'm sure that helped tremendously, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So you didn't trust your mom and dad to avoid those bad drivers on the highway? Well, it's not so much that I didn't trust them, it's that I think it was more of that anything could happen. Oh, and gotcha. The, gotcha. And, you know, the enemy wanted me to feel uh-huh. anxious and not be calm and and be fearful and not relying on God's protection. So it didn't have anything, it never has anything to do with the people around me and my lack of trust in them. It's just always to do with what the uh, enemy wants me to feel. The thoughts, the images that he puts inside of your mind, okay. Right. Like TV shows don't help. Oh, sure, especially nowadays. Because, yeah, I mean, you watch a TV show and you <clears throat> see all these crazy things like Criminal Minds. Oh, yeah, girl. People are constantly... <laughs> <laughs> tell you last night, okay? I'm for real. You know, people that don't know, I just had my knee replaced. So I've been kind of, you know, in my recliner a lot. And Amy's gone last night, my, my housemate, my daughter-in-law. And it's dark in here. And I'm watching the new season of Stranger Things, right? <laughs> okay. And anybody that knows me knows that I love the supernatural. I'm all about coming up against them. Demons. Always looking for some poltergeist activity. That's just who I am. I'm, I'm fearless when it comes to the demonic realm, right? But I'm sitting in my recliner with the light off, watching that show. And it was like intense. Just the first two episodes. I'm like, OMG. And there happened my, sh- my foot happened to be a shadow on the floor. <laughs> I moved my foot, seen the shadow move. I about come out of the chair. <laughs> it scared the crap out of me. I'm like, for real? <laughs> That's anxiety. Right there. That's anxiety. I was, I mean, I was just really scared. I'm like, OMG, and you know what? <laughs> I've been sleeping in the living room in my recliner. I slept with the light on last night. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? I'm not, I, I stopped watching it. I thought, this cannot be the last show I'm watching before I go to sleep. Yeah. 
you know. But anyway, it's just a little side note there for you. So yeah, what you watch on TV can really stir some things up inside of you. Yeah. It gets them shadows. I tell you, I thought for sure I was gone. I was dead. <laughs> <laughs> they were gonna drag me off into the other world. You know how they do on Stranger Things. It's like oh. But anyways, we can move on from that. Like, yeah. Woo! Good Lord. They'd have to be really strong. Just saying. You know, you know, I'm just going to let no. that go. No, I'm kidding. You've yeah. lost a lot of weight. So yeah, thank you. They could be weak and still do it. That's right. Yeah, especially with my knee, you know, kind of recovering. But yeah, that was quite the, I'm like, oh my gosh, this, this made me mad. But anyways, and this is not a session for my anxiety today. So I'm more right back. See, that's the issue too, right there. What? Claiming your anxiety. That's right. When yeah. you say I'm a very good girl, yeah. that's right. Why don't you tell us about that? Why should we not claim it? How do you well, not claim it? Because uh, anybody who's a Christian knows that words have power. Mm-hmm. So um, when you say my anxiety or my depression, it, you're claiming it. You're accepting right. it as part of you, and it's not. That's right. So it's really important to say just anxiety or the anxiety yes very good because very good it has when you start to not accept those things as yourself then you also start to think that they're not part of yourself Mm -hmm. because the more you say something the more you believe it that's right you come into agreement with it yeah very good very good i think there's a lot of people that would agree with you but also they are okay with being labeled as somebody who's anxious Mm-hmm. Or having anxiety. They wear it like a badge or, of honor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And the designer drugs that they're taking for it or whatever, kind of keeping up with the Joneses. I think especially in in um, maybe more elite circles where those kind of designer drugs are, are a thing and it is it is keeping up with the Joneses. Mm-hmm. It's a race to see who's who's the worst off. Yeah. Who who has the worst life? Who has the the most crap going on in their life or whatever? And that's just competition. It's yeah, never but it's it's just living out of darkness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. It's never like, oh, I'm thankful for my life because of these good things. It's mm-hmm. always, oh, well, woe is me because of these bad things. Right, right, right. right. And not taken away from people that have had a crappy upbringing or a crappy life. Right. But it's just, uh, you got to kind of go with what Haley was saying. I'm going to add to that. It's like, you got to get a, into a, in a point in your life if you if you want to be free. It's like, I've had enough with the victim mentality. Mm-hmm. There's more out there for me. You know what I'm right. saying? It's like settler within you that you do deserve to have a better life. And there is a better life for you. So mm-hmm. is there anything else, like we talked about how, you know, the TV can trigger things back and drive riding in the car when somebody else is driving could trigger that in you is there anything else i mean like the uncertainty have you ever had uncertainty in your life oh yeah it would cause like those attacks definitely uncertainty i think comes with a lack of confidence and so like i do sing and when i started really singing in front of people it was terrible the anxiety that i felt would um just overwhelm me i would start freaking out my heart would race I could actually feel it beating inside my chest it felt like it was just about to pop out I would not be able to breathe I would get really emotional which is not good (laughs) before you sing Uh, because your throat tightens up and that's just that's not good but so then my anxiety would or the anxiety see look it gets so easy Uh Uh to claim it but you just always want to correct yourself the anxiety would just it would get worse when I would start feeling anxiety because I was feeling anxiety. It would just get worse and yeah. worse and worse. You almost go into a panic. Yeah. Right? Cause right. how are you going to fix this? You're, you're faced with the situation that there's really no way out of. You have to go through with this or you have to do this. Yeah. You start to feel anxious and then you almost go into a panic. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? How am I going to get through this? And it's just being compounded. Yeah. That's right. Good. That's good. So how did you get over it? Because I've, I've, I've tell you what, I have heard this girl sing numerous times, and she really, I'm being real, she's a superstar. So how did you go from that crying, anxiety, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, to being a superstar? Well, or are you, are you just fooling us all? You still yeah. go through that, but you're just now a superstar. I'm not there yet. Uh-huh. I still get a little nervous before I sing, but I think, well, definitely I've been taking vocal lessons. Those have definitely helped. I'm sure. Just yeah. because... Yeah. Now I know, even though I could sing before, and now I know techniques and mm-hmm. how to really, you know, 
utilize my breathing and singing and everything like that, but I think a lot of it has to do with um, just trusting in God, honestly. Good answer. Just knowing that it's not about me, it's not about the people around me, it's always only about God, so when I'm just focused on that and I'm only worried about what, you know, he thinks, then that just all falls away. I don't know how we're doing on time because I want to get to the point where, because you're telling, we're talking about how you, how somehow anxiety has affected your life, but then we also want to, you know, release hope to people that, you know, Haley has overcome and you can overcome this too. But before I get there, so how, how did it make you feel? Because I know how you've been raised. I know the revelation that you have in God's word, the, you know, worship, what your relationship like is with God. So over that journey, how did it make you feel knowing that anxiety had the potential to be the master of your life, to dictate to you how your life was going to be? Well, it's pretty, it's frustrating more than anything Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because it's something that is controllable Mm -hmm. and it is uh, curable. So to know that something that is really just almost just the thoughts inside your own head, mm-hmm. that that could have such a hold over somebody's life is just frustrating. And I got to a point where I was like, this is not worth it. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. Um, Did you feel like a, a prisoner in your own mind? Yeah. You know, it was, it was honestly like a battle inside my own head. Mm-hmm. War between my thoughts. Yeah. Between myself and... And the enemy. So what was your break? Did you have some truth before I go into that question? Well, I think for Haley and for Courtney even as well, because I know that she struggles with some social anxiety, I think that it didn't help that I couldn't relate. Oh, gotcha. Because to me, I was still in that mindset of get over it. Right. Grow up. You know? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Grow up. Stop being a baby. Because that's, that's the culture that I was raised in. That's the, the society that I came out of is just get over it kind of thing. And so I didn't, have, yeah. I didn't have a lot of compassion for them. I think that just made it that much harder because mm-hmm. they didn't really feel like they had that support from me. I'm sure right. that even though they haven't said that, right. I'm sure they didn't feel like they had that support from me. And, you know, Joe and I are one, so probably from both of us because we were both raised in that in that way of thinking that you need to just suck it up and get over it or just do it mm-hmm. face your fears mm-hmm. you know that mm-hmm. kind of a thing mm-hmm. and I just I don't think that we were ever that we ever in our lives really struggled to that level because of that but the the world that they're being raised in that they're growing up in is so much different mm-hmm. and the pressures like we were talking about earlier the pressures of being raised in today's society is so much different than when you and I were growing up yeah yeah and I just uh, I couldn't imagine yeah growing up in today's society and Mm -hmm. as a teenager young adult and dealing with some of the things that they're dealing with the the amount of bullying I mean there were bullies when we were growing up but it was never to the level that it is now where you have social uh, social media bullies and I mean it's uh, media and information is just so readily available anywhere you you take a picture and it's out there oh, for yeah. everybody to oh, see yeah. yeah and you can shame somebody and so quickly and so I mean to such an extent it's just insane to yeah. me yeah we didn't have that I mean good grief we didn't even have cell phones Right, right, right. You yeah. know, internet. We no, we were just barely coming out of the rotary phone. Yeah, we, we had dial up back <laughs> in the day. You know? Well, yeah. even that, right. growing up as teenagers, oh, we teenagers, didn't even have right. internet. No, we didn't, yeah. Uh-uh. There was no uh-uh. internet, no such thing as that. Right. Not, not that was available to the public anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's a slight positive of social media and everybody kind of dealing with anxiety in their own way because. Now a lot of people who have parents that didn't experience anxiety can see people on the internet saying, oh, hey, I deal with these things too. Mm-hmm. And so it's a little, I guess it can be a little reassuring knowing that you're not going through it alone. But at the right. same time, to me, having dealt with it and now really not struggling with it that much at all, it's sad because 
you just about ask anybody, oh, do you deal with anxiety? Nine times out of ten, they're going to say yes. Yeah. And it's just, that's not how it should be. You're right. You're right. I have a question for both of you. Because in talking about people having anxiety because, you know, of the victim mentality and not wanting to have to take responsibility, that just came to me as you two were talking. Do you think it's because nowadays kids aren't given, they're given too much responsibility because they have too much freedom? I think back in the 50s and the 60s, you just, you know, there was much more rules, much more regulations in your home life, you know what I'm saying? You didn't, you couldn't sit in front of the TV, you didn't have the internet to be on, you know, looking at this all the time. I mean, it was much more of a family structure back in the 50s, 60s, 70s. So kids weren't given so much responsibility. It was much more structured. They had a safer environment because mom and dad, nine times out of ten, you think of Ozzie and Harriet Nelson, you know what I'm saying? Or like on Happy Day, shows that Little House on the Prairie, shows that we grew up watching just weren't, and, and the two in my own lifestyle, I, my mom was, we had a schedule, we had a curfew, we had responsibilities. I mean, we didn't have so much freedom. It's like the more freedom that you're given, the more responsibility that you're given when you have that freedom. Mm-hmm. So is that one thing that could tie into kids are given too much freedom, too much responsibility, and it's just overwhelming them well, because they don't have enough structure? I actually don't think it's too much freedom. Mm-hmm. I think it's lack of discipline yeah, that's- and lack of leadership honestly because that's good a lot more kids now are raised in single parent homes Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. with no parents and they kind of have to take on the world by themselves and uh, odds are it's not going to end very well yeah that's good so i think that um it's not really a lack of freedom more than it is lack of discipline from too much freedom too much freedom well a lack of discipline can give you too much freedom you know, right. saying because your parents yeah, aren't kind of putting down the boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Oh, very good, Haley. Very good. Well, I think the other thing that plays into that too is you have back in those days when you had the sit down every night at dinner. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, you went to school and and all that kind of stuff. You didn't have the level of influences in your life. Oh, that's good. That Trish. the generations. Yeah. That this generation does now. Mm-hmm. You have. You have Instagram and you have all the social media YouTube, that is just available mm-hmm. at the touch of a hand or at the touch of a button. It's it's all right there. And all of those things influence. You have such a wide range of opinions and, yes. and yeah. backgrounds and ideas and, and forward thinking, whatever you want to call it. And it's, it's an influence. All of yeah. it is an influence. So... Mm-hmm. They're just being thrown into an ocean of all these different thoughts and ideas, and and they're kind of left without a life preserver. And mm-hmm. they're you now you have to figure out how to wade through it. Yes, yeah, so the do or die. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. back in our day, our influence was our friends and mm-hmm. our family. Yeah. That was it. Yep. yep. Because yep. you didn't have Instagram and YouTube and Twitter and all those mm-hmm. things. And mm-hmm. and I That's mean good. TV. There was no such thing as cable oh, when I grew up. Yeah. I mean, we had it, but we didn't have no, it. And all the, we know, had the antenna that, and three yeah, channels. Exactly. That's what you had. And you were praying it came in every night. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> I'm like my little brother, Brian, get up on the roof. Turn that antennas, boy. <laughs> Happy right. days is on. Oh, we yeah. had our antenna right out the window, so we could just open <laughs> the window. <laughs> Well, I like to live. I like to hear my little brother live on the risk a little bit more. I'm saying he's a risk taker. <laughs> and some edge. of our listeners are probably going, "What's an antenna?" <laughs> it's like, how old are these ladies? <laughs> <laughs> but so the the amount of influence is yeah, just that's true. Just true. crazy. Yeah, you know, talking about influence, it's like the influence is what causes us to be under pressure. So going back to when you were on this journey again, can you talk to us a little bit about how it felt or what type of pressure that you were under that triggered some of those emotions with the anxiety? Yeah, what was really the root of it? Because without having a need of something that isn't being fulfilled, you're not going to feel those things. Mm -hmm. Like for me, I'll just give you an example because you look a little confused. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But for me, I grew up with, a mom who expected perfection. Yeah. If it wasn't done right, you would do it again. Right. So that kind of a thing would stress me out, not to the level of what you have dealt with, but still stress, anxiety, whatever, that it wasn't perfect. So there was always that need to please, mm-hmm. that That's need good. to be accepted, to be good enough for my mom. 
And so out of that, some of those stresses came into play. So that's what I'm talking about. Well, I didn't actually start dealing with anxiety until like 2016. Um, and I think it has everything to do with the root cause of the people I was hanging out with. How old were you in 2016? 18. Okay, 18. 17, 18. So, you know, the people that I was hanging out with, they dealt with anxiety. They all dealt with depression. And so I never really hung around anybody like that before. And I just started to kind of, oh, you know, you want to fit in Get in your influence. friend group. Right. Mm-hmm. So I kind of started picking up their anxieties and and other mental issues. So I think it was just um, more of like, uh, for me, it was like, oh, I want to fit in with my friends. I want to understand what they're going through. And without even thinking about it, it just kind of... I just kind of allowed it to start manifesting in my life. So how have you over... I don't know where we're at on time. Where are we we at have on lots time? of time. Okay. So then let's talk about... Is there, First of all, before I kind of shift here, is there anything more that Trish or Haley you want to say about triggers or what you felt? Well, I don't know if this has much, if this is really related, but recently um, a friend had sent me a link to a video or a post or something and it was talking about how anxiety is a temptation and Mm. I never ever thought of it like that I had always thought of anxiety as something that I couldn't control and that Mm -hmm. it was a part of me no matter what I did Mm -hmm. but then Mm -hmm. when I saw that it's really just another way for the enemy to take a hold of your life and it's a temptation that you can face and you can fall into it really changed my perspective and kind of gave me some conviction because that's good before I've never really felt conviction about having anxiety but now looking at it like that I'm like okay this is an issue because it's something that I don't have to deal with but I'm allowing the enemy to put into my life so what makes it a temptation? Yeah, that was my next question. Yeah. Well, I think it's fantastic. I, yeah, I love yeah. the concept, but mm-hmm. I really want to know like where the author, whoever wrote this or whatever, where they're coming from with it. Easy well, way out. Yeah, I think the temptation is that you can be a victim, that you can mm-hmm. get people to feel sorry for you, right, right. which I know not everybody is like that, and not everybody has that intent when it comes to anxiety, but... But that's the enemy's plan. Right. 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 That's always his because plan, even if you're not consciously thinking that way. When you have anxiety, it's like, you know, it's woe is me. Um, I, oh, I can't, I can't, deal. I can't, I can't do, do, this. do this. I can't do that. Yeah. Anxiety is your service dog. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I think it's very interesting that you went there because I actually have to talk about some of the chemical releases that happen. And this is a a proven fact, scientifically proven, that when we are in prolonged high-stress situations, there are chemicals that are released from our brain that then flood our body. And we know that one of those is adrenaline, but there's other chemicals that are released too. So it could be, just to give our listeners an even different perspective where you were talking about it being a temptation, it could be almost a high for some people. Mm -hmm. Because they're so used to those chemicals being released that when they don't have uh, anxiety, when they're not going through a high-stress situation, they feel empty, like something's missing, like there's... Adrenaline junkie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, or even some of those other chemicals that are being released. But it's also proven, scientifically proven, that as long as we stay in that type of a pattern where it's it's high stress, the adrenaline and all those other chemicals are being released, that it's actually bad for our body mm-hmm. physically. Mm-hmm. It causes mm-hmm. diseases, it causes heart damage, it causes all kinds of physical things that, that we were good. never meant to deal with yeah. because like you said, we need to be trusting God with these things and not falling into that temptation. So very I good. thought that was very interesting. Yeah. Anything else you want to share, Haley, before I go on to the next big segment of this mm, not that i can think of okay so you've been so wonderful to kind of expose yourself open up about your journey down your road to recovery so now we talked about the struggles and the warfare of anxiety and all its wonderful great friends that it brings with it so now let's talk about your journey of recovery it's right. like people if i was listening to this i'd be thinking yeah girl you know i can identify with everything you're saying but i'm still stuck yeah mm-hmm. you know i need some hope 
Mm-hmm. So speak and release hope to our listeners that they can be overcomers like you. Well, it's not a quick process by mm-hmm. any means because, I mean, I am still dealing with it. I'm still working through it. But I've noticed that when I'm in the Word and I'm praying and I'm building on my relationship with God is when I'm my happiest and is when I deal with anxiety the least. So I think it does have everything to do with where your focus is at. And, you know, when you're building on your relationship with God, you, I just think, are unknowingly building more trust there. And um, so I think that's definitely a start. Get into your word and pray, because anytime you feel anxious, just pray, because it just, it'll, it sounds like it's too easy, but it helps. God is faithful. God's not a difficult right. God. You know what I'm saying? Right. He's not, yep. Um, it's not complicated. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was looking for, complicated. It's okay. Take your time. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. While you're thinking, I just want to throw this out there to our listeners who maybe aren't Christians. That Not that I'm trying to deter you from having a relationship with God because I think everyone should have a relationship with God. He created you. He loves you. He wants only good things for you and peace. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have a relationship with God, Focus on positive things in your life. That's good, Trish. You know, focus on the good things instead of Mm -hmm. allowing anxiety to cause you to focus on all the negative, Mm -hmm. all the fearful, all the Mm -hmm. dark things. Make a list. You know, make a list of all the things that are good in your life. Yeah. You have a job. You're you woke up breathing Mm -hmm. today. Well, I guess if you weren't breathing, you wouldn't wake up. But there, everyone has positive things in their life. Yeah. You just have yeah. to look for them. Yeah. Sometimes you got to look harder than other times, but they're there. So focus on positive things. Mm-hmm. That's good. And I remember what you had said about some challenges that you went through years ago is your doctor had asked you. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you... Well, I was very, very... My son had died, had a whole bunch of stuff going on, a little short story here. And I've never dealt with depression, very rarely even dealt with sadness in my life. I'm just a really happy person. But with my son dying and all that, I began to be very depressed. And so I went to see my doctor, and she says, well, why are you depressed? And I says, because I don't have anything to look forward to. Even now, I can start crying. That just hit me hard. Mm -hmm. And she says, well, find something to look forward to. And she put me on an antidepressant for three months, but I tell you what, that is some of the best advice I've ever been given in my life, is find some, even nowadays still, I was like, oh God, you know, my life's blah, 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 the same, same. And he reminds me, find something to look forward to. Right. When you have something to look forward to, think about it, listeners. So what are your emotions? You're happy, you're excited, you're giddy, you're, you're joyful, you're anticipating. You know, so then again, it's find something to look forward to. Even if that's just a lunch date with a friend. Exactly. That's got to be something big. Exactly. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. it doesn't. Or or maybe you're going to go get a pedicure. Or for guys, you know, maybe you're going to go Drink get the latest Hot Rod magazine or something. Exactly. You know, it's, yeah. it's whatever. Go to a car show. I mean, just something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Something positive. Yes. And, you know, to go on with that, too, anybody that knows me knows that I love clothes, shoes, jewelry. I'm <laughs> your typical woman woman, you know, girly girl. But I think for me, too, it's like I know when the enemy tries to get me in a funk. and doesn't happen often because I love my life. But you know what? I'll go out and I'll get a new outfit. Mm-hmm. Think about it. When you're dealing with anxiety, depression, or any type of emotion that's not a pleasant, a, a pleasant emotion, think about how you're dressing. What do you look like? Because right. you usually look like what you feel. Yeah. So if I feel the enemy trying to put me in a funk, you know what? I'll get go out and get a new outfit or rearrange something I got downstairs. And I look forward to wearing that new outfit. It's just something different, something new. So, again, keep that in mind. What are you seeing when you look in the mirror? Right. That's a good gauge on who's who's the master of your life. If you wake up every day feeling kind of, you know, yuck, and you don't feel like that, not a bad whatever, that's a good gauge of, oh, you know, something's not right today. So I need to change today. Let me find something to look forward to. It could be going out and getting it. I look forward to Diet Pepsi. It could be something right. that small, or it could be the lunch day, or it could be, you know, whatever it is that you enjoy doing. But I'm so glad Trish touched on that. Find something to look forward to and be aware of what you see in the mirror. What do I look like today? That's a good gauge of your emotions. Yeah, I think that's excellent advice. And uh, just as, you know, you can speak anxiety into your life, you can speak it out. Girl, preach Mary it. Again. And, um, 
because like I said earlier, words do have power. So another thing that I did was just start to, anytime a negative or an anxious thought would come into my head, I would just rebuke it. I would just say, no, that's not how I'm going to think. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to trust God. Um, and it actually, it, it is crazy how much just speaking positive things into your life will actually make you feel better because the more you say it, the more you do that's believe right. it. That's right. That's right. And uh, so I've, I've found that that's a way to definitely deal with it too and to kind of kickstart the healing process. Mm-hmm. Healing process. Oh, I'm glad you, that's two words, right? Healing process. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad you brought those two words up. So talk to me our, and our listeners. What was your healing process? Take us through that. Oh, well. Are you talking about reading your Bible? But... Right, yeah. It, I mean, it's kind of crazy. It sounds like there should be more that you need to do to uh, get rid of anxiety, but in my experience, there's really not. Because mm-hmm. the more that you read your Bible, the more that you get to know who God is. And the more you get to know who God is, the more you trust in him. That's right. Because you know that he has everything in his hands, that he is master of all things, that he's creator of all things. So, And you learn that he, that as long as he's with you, nothing can come against you. Good for you. Good. So, I think you also start to recognize the negative things aren't him. Yes, that's good. So many right. people good. think, oh, well, God's doing this to me, or right. God's punishing me, or right. he's this or he's that. You really start to, when you see his true character, you start to see that those negative things aren't him. Right. And if they're not him, then who is it and what's going on? Yeah, if you're good. dealing you with anxiety, it is not God. And you're a Christian, it is not God. Right. Even if you're not a Christian, it is not God. That's yeah. right. Yeah. When you're living in partnering with anxiety, worry, whatever those may be for you, depression, it can cause you to make wrong choices in life because you're making those choices out of those particular emotions, out of the peer pressure, the influence, you know, being the under pressure, causing you to make wrong decisions because you're making them out of emotion, not out of wisdom. So and not that if you're uncomfortable sharing any of the experiences, but have you found that to be true in your life, Haley, that you've made some not so good decisions and choices because they were moved out of those peer pressure or whatever the anxiety was saying to you. Yeah, absolutely. I've done that um, a couple times or two times in one weekend, I guess. Ooh. I was just going through um, kind of like a breakup, but not really. I was just, you know, hurt by this guy that I was talking to. And so me and my friends went out and we smoked some pot. (laughs) And it was terrible because the anxiety I was dealing with afterward was worse than what I was even feeling before I smoked pot. Like, I, afterward, for like the next probably two to three months, I was incredibly anxious, which is also, I think, where the anxiety that I've dealt with stems from, is smoking pot. Mm -hmm. Um, Why is that? I think it's a gateway drug. (laughs) Explain gateway drug. Well, I think it's something that the enemy uses to allow things to manifest in your life. So it opens a door. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it opens a door. And I think that that's definitely where a lot of my, or a lot of the anxiety that I deal with came from. Because afterward, it was wax that my friends and I had smoked, which is a felony. (laughs) It's a felony to have wax on you. This is um, news to mom right now, folks. No, she what? knew it. She knew it. She just uh, forgot. <laughs> about a felony? It's a felony if you have what it on you. What is the wax? It's like the most concentrated form of marijuana. Oh, oh. I'm thinking candle wax. I'm thinking, <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, somehow they mixed it with candle wax. Oh, oh it's um, a potency. Yeah, so after I found that out, because I didn't know beforehand, mm-hmm. after I'd found that out, I was like, all right, this is terrible. I'm going to die. Like, I'm, I'm going to get pulled over for speeding, and then I'm hellbound. they're going you know, <laughs> to drug test me, and they're going to oh. take a hair follicle out of my head, and they're going to test it, and oh, it's going to be there. No. And I was just, I was absolutely mortified, and it was just it was terrible. I wish I could go back and, and change that, but um, where were we going with this? Just how um, anxiety and those emotions can make you cause you to make wrong decisions because you're making them out of those emotions, not out of wisdom. That definitely is a terrible decision I made out of feeling um, 
not so good about myself and just acting out of emotion. And you know, that's so like the enemy. It that's is. so like the devil yep. to make you, to get you all caught up in your emotions, mm -hmm. to make a poor choice. And then he's beating the crap out of is you for months to come. He is. Yep, yep, because yep. of the decision that he has now helped push you into making. Yep, yep, mm -hmm. yep. And not that I'm trying to make excuses for people who make bad decisions or when I make a bad decision. I mean, we still need to take responsibility for that. But there is an influencer out there that's and he right. does want you to make bad decisions and then like what happened with you to beat you up even more so about it mm -hmm. later mm -hmm. so one of the things that uh if this has ever happened to any of our listeners or in the future one of the things that you can do to break that or to end that that constant barrage of guilt and shame and condemnation and anxiety stress worry whatever is open up about it that's good. Share it Trish. with somebody That's because huge. when you yes. came to us and told us about that time, it had to have helped alleviate some of that because, mm -hmm. I mean, we didn't reject you. We didn't, I wasn't very happy, mm -hmm. mind you, mm -hmm. you know, that your kid comes home and tells you, hey, I smoked pot. Mm -hmm. So you're not thrilled with that. But I, I hope that we handled it in a semi decent way. Yeah. So um, definitely, I mean, the truth will set you free. That's right, It's honey. classic. Yep, confession is good for the soul. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. um, yeah. then you're not... Because when you have all these experiences that you've gone through held in, the enemy can continue to use it against you, can right. continue to make you feel guilty about it mm -hmm. and feel condemnation. But then when you talk about it with somebody, he doesn't have that power anymore because... Good. It's out in the open. How that right. that's good. He tells you that people are going to look at you differently, that they're going to reject you, they're going to have negative things to say, they're going to berate you. They're, they're going oh, to be so angry. Does. Yeah. And 90% of the time, that's just not the truth. Or 95% mm -hmm. of the time or whatever. So the word says, confess your sins one to another. Mm-hmm. And I want to encourage our listeners, use wisdom in who you're confessing your yeah, sins that's to. Good, I right? mean, don't that's go to somebody... Good that you know is negative, that that doesn't have stability in their life. Or, or can't keep a secret. Right, mm -hmm. or that is very critical or yes, judgmental. Don't go to somebody like that's that right. and yeah. expect to get comfort or right. to have that's some good. of that alleviated. Mm -hmm. Go to somebody that you know is stable, that you know is going to accept you, and just share that with them. Mm -hmm. Right. And mm -hmm. then let God work through that person yeah. because he just wants you to know that he loves you, that he accepts you, regardless of the past choices that you've made. He just wants you to know that. Right. That you are loved, that you are accepted, even when the world doesn't accept you or doesn't love you, he does. Yeah. Right. In a lot of my experiences, I've always gone to friends first before my parents, and that's not because I didn't trust my parents or because I felt like they would judge me or, or not love me anymore, but it's just because your friends are usually like-minded, so... Right. They, they're they going to be okay with your poor choices. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know that it's a safe space almost to go to them first. But then, so, you know, if you don't feel comfortable going to your parents, then you can go to your friends. And then after that, you, anytime I talk to my friends, I'd always feel better about going to my parents afterward because then a lot of the time I would already be in the healing process from that situation and, and not living in it anymore. So then I would be able to go to my parents and say, oh, hey, I did this thing, but the, now this is where I'm at. So if you would, Haley, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot. Mm -hmm. You know, I like to do that kind of stuff. But again, <laughs> you know, you gave advice to our listeners how to be an overcomer. But sometimes, like for me, I like bullet points. I like to break it down. So could you give like three to five key steps of if you're dealing with anxiety, worry, stress, uncertainty, whatever it may be, some key steps. I know you talked about Bible reading, a relationship with God, but is there anything more? Like break it down into steps. Step number one, step number two, step number three for our listeners. And listeners, we're going to give you two seconds to get your pen and paper out so you can write this down, put it on your bathroom mirror so every time we're on your refrigerator, I put it on my refrigerator. I'm there more than I in the bathroom. <laughs> I'm just being real. You know what I'm saying? But some steps that they can write down to keep, you know, and there could be listeners that, okay, you know what, Haley, I've got my recovery over and over and over again, but I keep falling back into that. So how do you keep your recovery? And yes. how do you get it? Give them some steps. Well, I think step number one, you have to recognize 
that anxiety is a problem. Mm-hmm. That it's not something you. that you want to keep dealing with. Because after you realize that, then it's something that you're going to want to change mm-hmm. and want to overcome. Mm-hmm. Step two, I guess, would be think as positively as you can. Good Speak you. positive words over yourself. Anytime you feel negative about yourself, say something positive about yourself. That's good. Step three, I would say pray. Because mm-hmm. it yeah. just is nothing wrong can come from that honestly um because praying gives you peace and it kind of helps you feel like now there's somebody else in the fight with you step four i would say would be read your bible because like i said earlier the more you read bible the more you get to know god the more Mm -hmm. you get to know god the more you get to know yourself through god and then that's where your confidence comes from because you know who you truly are Versus who the enemy is trying to make you think you are. Mm-hmm. I think one of your steps, just in thinking back about some of the things that you shared, is you said you didn't really start to deal with anxiety or stress or any of those kind of things until you started hanging around the wrong group of people. Oh, that's good. So right. maybe that's step good. five should be... Evaluate who you're spending your time mm-hmm. with, what exactly. your influences are, because a lot of the time it does come from the people around you. You, you know... You don't like to believe it, but you do become who you hang out with. And I always told my parents, they knew who my friends were, they knew the problems they had. I always told them, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be like them. I'm just gonna be a help to them. Uh huh. But right. that wasn't the case. It happened. Right. <laughs> Unwillingly, right. but it happened. Yeah. Your motives so, were good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think, but what you think you're doing for good, the enemy can use for evil. That's right. Definitely, step five would be to evaluate who you're spending your time with, if they're um. And that's not to say that, you know, your friends are bad people if you realize and recognize that they're a bad influence, Mm -hmm. but that just means that you want to better yourself and that might mean distancing. Maybe not spending spending so much time. Right. You wanted to fix them, help them, but sometimes we can't help somebody else so we've helped ourselves first. Right. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I just want to throw this out there too, because I know our time's coming to an end here real quick. We've talked a lot about healing and recovery and, you know, we're all about, we're Christians, the whole God factor, but I want to say to all of our listeners, there's no shame in taking medication. Oh, I'm I so took glad medication. You brought that up. I was going to touch yeah. on that. So good. I, yeah, I took medication for three months. There's no shame in that. Sometimes okay. you need the medication to help stabilize you, to help get those emotions under control somewhat, so that way you can begin to take the advice mm-hmm. and, and to receive the hope that Haley's given you today. So if if you're really struggling, go to your doctor. Yeah. Be real. You know what I'm saying? Get yourself stable so that way you can get on the road to recovery. You're not stumbling all along the road right. because the medication is helping keeping you stable. There was a time when the anxiety I was dealing with was so bad that I did uh, end up going to the doctor about it because I would mm-hmm. feel constant physical pain. It, I feel like I had the symptoms of a heart attack. Mm-hmm. And he talked about putting me on anxiety medication and... It was something I was definitely going to do, but I just didn't feel comfortable myself just because mm-hmm. although it is okay to go on medication, you also have to understand it can make things a lot worse too. Mm-hmm. There are mm-hmm. negatives. So I think you definitely need to do your research yeah. yeah, and really evaluate if it is something that you need to do because it's not just, it shouldn't be taken lightly. No, that's right. Huh? Um, and, and get advice from a professional. That's right. right. Uh-huh. So nothing wrong with medication, just know both sides of it yep very good sometimes you don't have to go to that point you Mm -hmm. maybe just talking to somebody maybe seeing a counselor or therapist or something like that will help because there's a lot of techniques out there just in the natural Mm -hmm. um that will help oh yeah you learn those things and Mm -hmm. you learn better how to cope how to deal with things Mm -hmm. and it doesn't always require medication right right right. but i absolutely agree with patricia if you are on medication or you need to be don't let shame or any of that kind of stuff stop you. Right. right know right. that it's okay, that God doesn't look at you any differently, mm-hmm. and anyone mm-hmm. who does, they're the ones that need the help, right, not you. Right, right, right. Uh, because we're all in our own process. That's right. And we're that's all good, at Trish. different places in yeah, our process. That's good. So there's no shame in that, especially wanting to move forward, wanting to get better, wanting to be healed. There's absolutely nothing wrong with sometimes needing help doing that Mm -hmm. whether that's medication or therapist or or whatever but ultimately we believe that god is the greatest therapist yeah 
and he is the best medication you can yeah. take prayer worship yes. those kind of things yeah. um, and we believe that you know medication is not a cure Right. It's just a short-term fix. Right. So get on and get yourself stable, but then follow the other steps that Haley brought out today and other things that we discussed because medicine is not your savior. Jesus Christ is. Medicine, again, can be a great thing for a short-term fix, but that's not your long-term fix. It's not your permanent fix. And that's where your recovery, can you can really walk in that as 100%. Get on the meds if you need to, get stable, but continue following the steps that Haley gave you today yeah. to have that hope and that complete healing. Right. Moving which forward. Is, don't yeah. let just Moving being on forward. the medication yeah. be your new normal. Yeah, that's, right. that's which good. Which is why sure. I said I think yeah. while it's okay to go on medication, you really need to think about if you actually need it or not because... Right. You can go into it with a with a okay. This I'm gonna use it to stabilize me, and then I'm gonna work off of it. But a lot of the time, you fall into it because it's easy to right, stay right, on medication. Right. Exactly, mm-hmm. that's um, true. Keeps because that you victim already mentality. right, you yep. already have something fixing mm-hmm. you. Right. And so why change? Some of those things yeah. can be addictive. Oh yeah. Oh right. yeah. And yeah. so then you you start dealing with a whole new. Uh, set of issues mm-hmm. right yeah with yep, yep. going on medication so like if yep. you go to your doctor the first time and you say i think i am dealing with anxiety and he says all right let's get you on meds i wouldn't trust it that is too eager to me mm, okay. i think you do really need to get a second opinion a second opinion yeah, yeah, yeah talk yeah. to your family members talk right. to your friends who maybe have dealt with it right, right because right. medication can be great but it can also be your downfall mm-hmm. so yeah mm-hmm. two sides of that coin yeah mm-hmm. so is there anything else that you want to add before we wrap this up Well, I mean, I guess even to non-Christians, a couple steps I laid out had to do with God. But if you don't have that relationship, then, you know, speak positive things over your Mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. Just try to focus on the good. Mm -hmm. Evaluate who your friends are. Mm -hmm. That's good. And um, it still all applies. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We were excited to have you. And uh, I know this is a topic that is that affects many, many people. So hopefully our 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 benefits have listened. <laughs> hopefully our benefits have listened. Alrighty. Hopefully our listeners have benefited from all this information. So I think that's going to do it for us. Make sure that you check us out on social media, Facebook and Instagram. Stay connected with us so you keep up to date on everything that's going on. And you can email us your comments, questions, concerns anytime at chickstable at gmail.com. We'll be happy to connect with you in that way and answer your questions to the best of our abilities. So make sure you do those things. We appreciate you tuning in. Make sure you stay uh, tuned for our next episode, whatever that will be. Who knows? (laughs) Surprise! (laughs) Surprise, surprise. Wanted to say thank you again for joining us and for opening up and sharing some of those things. And that's going to do it for us. We are clucking out. And remember that God wants you to have complete peace. Peace.